Hello and thank you for finding High Tea with Old Waver, also known as HT Wow. I'm Dave, he's Toby, he's High Tea, I'm Old Waver, that's how it works. And uh, we're glad that you found this episode. Uh, we feel like we are really gaining traction. We are gaining listeners by the day. We are climbing the Apple podcast rankings. And you know what? That's all because of you, the loyal HT Wow listener. And I just want to let you know that there are three things that you can do to really help this pod grow and to be gratified in that something that you like that doesn't suck is liked by other people. It's validation. We're all, we're all looking for validation, aren't we? Yes. I mean, Toby, you and I are looking for validation because we want people to actually listen to this and think that it's like worth listening to you're exactly right dave yes so let's all work together and spread the htwl gospel there are three ways that you can do this you can number one tell a friend easy enough just uh send them a link to your favorite episode or if you know that they like a band that we've talked about just send them a link to that episode or if you know a dude that is super into beer or super into music and is a total dork, just say, Hey, there are two idiots that I think that you would really identify with and just send them oldwaver.com or send them the iTunes link to uh, the pod. Second is to become a patron. You can go to HTWOW uh, on patreon.com or you can go to oldwaver.com and click on premium, become a subscriber that gives you access for as little as $5 a month to the exclusive After Dark podcast that is even more drunk with even more music than the regular pod. And you get access to all of them that have occurred since the beginning of the year. So it's an outstanding value at just $5 a month. And you get merch. I don't know. I mean, shit, what do I have to do? And then number three, the more that you are loyal listener leave us five star reviews particularly if you take a extra half second and write some words even if it's just they good <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah it, just do that just go to uh, apple podcasts and put in a review uh, that will help us climb the rankings help us expose htwow to more potential listeners and uh, keep this great fun going uh, into perpetuity and we thank you for listening and uh, this is a very special birthday episode so stay tuned all the way to state but i'm saying at some point that the same thing that happened to the record record industry will happen to every other industry everything it's gonna happen to everything. and then robots will kill us all and it'll be fine. Dude, I'll fight a robot, bro.
Hey, HT Hours. It is October 2019, episode number 28 of HT Wow Proper. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for fighting through any confusion that you may have, seeing as how HTOL September was actually published in October, and then HTOL October will hopefully also be published in October, but it might be November, I don't know. It's a busy time, Dave. Yes. Lots of things are happening, and uh, we'll tell you about some of those things as we move along today. Uh, my name is Dave. I am at Old Waver on Twitter, and with me as always, co-host, engineer, wow, um, heartthrob, awesome dude, star of the show, great dude, Toby Pipes. Wow, thanks, Dave. At Toby Pipes on Twitter. How are you today? I'm well. I uh, I made it down quickly, and mm-hmm. uh, without any hiccups, I. Didn't have to stop for gas. I didn't have to stop for potty. <laughs> I didn't have to stop for drinks or food. I just powered right through. Good. And uh, now we're ready to party for real. And it's a special party. Why is it special? Well, we uh, were whores, as um, anybody in media is. I mean, <laughs> even though we're podcasting, we're still in the media, right? Yeah, we're just low-budget hoes. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So if you are on um, a radio station, there are certain FCC rules about payola and plugola. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you can't accept money or goods or services in exchange for mentions on your show. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. It happens all the time. It happens every day. But you're not supposed to. Not supposed to. But uh, podcasting is the Wild West. We can do whatever the hell we want. (laughs) And so this month is special because this October edition of HT Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like I should be getting ready for a crowd thing. You're setting me up here. Go ahead. I'm ready. It's a special birthday gift to Stephanie. Yes. Stephanie and her husband Rick are uh, from Plano, and they are both HTWOW P1s. Yes. Stephanie is, in fact, a patron. So we'll continue to uh, give her birthday love on the After Dark. Uh, But Rick reached out to us and said, it would be fun... If I could pay you money (laughs) to give a birthday shout out to Stephanie. And I said, you know what, Rick? I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to let Stephanie pick the beers that are provided by Good Friend Package. Yes. And, And I will let Stephanie pick our intro and outro song. 
perfect. Well, she did a great job. Well, now it's a family affair because Rick looped in his daughter, Hannah, mm -hmm. who is uh, an 18-year-old freshman in college. And Hannah selected this charming man. That's so great. As our intro-outro for her mom's special birthday episode. So I hope Stephanie feels special because both Rick and Hannah had their hand in making this happen. And uh, we are about to crack into the first beer that Stephanie selected. Oh. And uh, Rick also provided a list of songs um, that didn't make the cut for the proper HTWOW, but maybe we'll give one or two of these a spin in the after dark. Of course, why not? Of course we will. You know, I mean, we got to make sure that Rick gets his money's worth. He doesn't feel ripped off by HTWOW. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I hope not. And then this is what he wants us to say. I, I will have editorial comment afterwards. Okay. Would you like um, a chime to kick you off? Sure. Okay. Here it comes. Be ready for it. Happy birthday, Stephanie. We hope your Auburn Tigers kick Bama's ass at the Iron Bowl on November 30th. Wear your HTWOW birthday t-shirt proudly. Hannah misses you. Hope you and Rick have a great Thanksgiving road trip listening to an HTWOW Spotify playlist. And remember to stay frosty. Yay! That's so great. Now, my editorial comment is, I hope that Bama kicks Auburn's ass in the Iron Bowl. Oh, well, I'm with them. Because I am the biggest Alabama fan that you've ever met. Well, I am an <laughs> LSU fan, and I hope that Auburn kills Alabama. But that's just because Alabama wins everything, Dave, so well, you know, sorry. I, uh, I'm marrying a, an Alabama uh, lifer, so I, uh, I, I get to coattail. She is a very important Bama. Yes, and so I'm allowed. So I do get it. I'm allowed. You are allowed, and I do understand, definitely. But, so um, uh, I, I hope that it's a competitive game, and uh, both teams play hard, and no one gets hurt, and Alabama wins at the end. So I'm very sorry, Stephanie. I can't, in good conscience, wish you that for your birthday. Well, now he's definitely not getting his money's worth. Well, you know. Go I, Auburn. I, I, I have some principles. <laughs> All right, so uh, we will um, touch on uh, those uh, greetings for Stephanie throughout uh, the rest of this show and into the after dark. But let's, uh, speaking of Stephanie, get to her first selection from the good friend Arctic Cooler. And so the good friend, just because they're so amazing, just happens to have all these beers that she wanted? Well, it was a bit of an adventure um, because... The, the beers that Stephanie likes are uh, extremely rare and extremely strong. Oh, dang. And so we found one of them, and then uh, we had to call an audible on the second one. So I'll, I'll talk about that later. But the first one okay. is, um, I believe, it's, it's one of her favorites of all time. And hopefully she f she's able to find some. It's not in season, but we were able to find some. Um, and hopefully she can have some for her birthday celebration or her uh, Thanksgiving celebration. But it is uh, from the brewery known as Clown Shoes. 
you familiar with clown shoes? No, I don't. I, we we haven't had that, right? No. So let's see. Clown shoes is from oh from uh from Boston. Oh, they're from Boston. They're from Boston. Okay. So this is Space Cake Double IPA. This looks insane. And it's a um, a nine percenter. Is this what like those Juggalo people drink? <laughs> I don't know if it's a a, a particularly <laughs> Juggalo specific brew. Do you have your Yoda glass? I do. So yes, this is a pint. So it comes in a four pack, and wow. it's a that's a got a nice amber color. I was expecting something a little darker for some reason. This is and this is her favorite. Are they from the? They're Texas people. Yeah, well, she's from um, Gainesville, Florida, I believe. Okay. But I don't know at what point she went to Auburn, and then at some point she ended up in Texas, and then got hooked up with Rick. But uh, I yeah I I guess they both are just uh, beer people. Mm-hmm. And they obviously like them some IPAs. Now, so let's uh, let's kick down this let me space this. cake. <coughs> now Auburn, they're the Tigers, but aren't they also? Some, they're like War Eagle. Yeah, the War Eagles. Yeah, it's like all over their stuff. Yeah, and they have the eagle that flies around mm-hmm. the stadium before the game. I mean, they got a cool thing going on. And all the SEC teams. Yeah, have they cool were. Uh, stuff. It was a definitely a. Uh, it was serious when uh, Auburn would get to LSU for those games. That was a big. Uh, you had to have your game face on for that one. So, and then everyone got trashed. So that's so fun. on the on the cover, on the cover, <laughs> on the cover of uh, Space Cake Double IPA, we have a uh, a man in a superhero outfit with a uh, a space helmet, uh-huh. and he has a dog with a space helmet and a jetpack flying next to him, and they're flying away from a spaceship that is dropping cupcakes onto a planet that's what that is so i guess those are the space cakes that are falling from the the bombay doors onto the planet below are we supposed to know who this guy is it looks like they tried to that's some he has an m on his his uh chest which makes no sense I don't know. I think we're supposed to know who maybe, that is. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Stephanie or Rick can uh, enlighten us. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an IPA, all right. It is an IPA beer. I like that. Does that say eight percent? Nine. Nine percent. Did you? You already said that. Mm-hmm. I've already stopped listening to you, Dave. That's okay. <clears throat> it's a little early for that, but. It'll be all right. Uh, That's good. It's going down. I got to tell you, it is uh, the first sip after our little Corona light, <laughs> you know, while we're setting up beer, um, threw me for a second, but you know, it takes one sip and now I'm used to it. Also, before we get into the jams, let's remind everyone what the hell is happening right here. If this is the first time that you are listening to an episode of HTWOW, and I hope we're gaining new listeners all the time. If you listen, please tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a song swap and a beer swap. So I 
bring three songs. Toby brings three songs. We take turns playing them. And used to, we would each bring a beer, but now we have good friend Package to thank. Good friend Package, which is at uh, 1155 Peavy over in uh, East Dallas, Casa Linda area. I follow them on the grams and the Facebooks and mm-hmm. the face spaces. Yes. Um, I mean, they seem like they're having a good time all the time, don't they? Do you follow them? Yes. They, uh, I haven't been over there in a while because I don't get to live in Dallas anymore, but it sure does seem fun. Yes. So please uh, go say hi to Josh and to Matt and tell them that... Uh, that you heard about them through HTWOW, and then they'll be really impressed that uh, the beer they give us is paying such great dividends. Yeah, it won't get more. Every time you stop by and they're giving us beer, they're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I helping these guys? <laughs> All right, so let's get into some uh, rock jams. Rock jams. Now, you usually bring new stuff. Yes, I go first, and I bring new stuff. Toby goes second. And he usually has some kind of book report, which I believe he does for us today. Sort of. But I am going to start... I'm going to get a little poppy later. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to start on the rock tip, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, If you can believe it, this band is from England. Now, is this as rock as Ghost? Uh, No, not quite as rock as Ghost. (laughs) Okay. I know that you had a hard time with that uh, on the After Dark well, last time. Uh, well, I like me some Ghost, but man, that was a... Uh, you took us to a whole other level. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It was okay. We still enjoyed it, sort of. Okay, so uh, this band is from Kettering, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a band called Temples. Are you familiar with Temples? Yeah. I wouldn't... I didn't... Are they getting a little bit more rock these days? Yeah. Yeah. Um... So they came out in 2014 with uh, an album called Sun Structures that was really good and super 70s psychedelia throwback. Yeah, right? they, they like a fro haircut, right? Don't right. they have one of them has a big... Yeah, uh... the singer has kind of a fro. Yeah. So, you know, and they came out um, kind of the same time as Tame Impala. And there were a lot of comparisons, but they were more faithful to the, the genre than Tame Impala was. And so um, they just put out their third album. So they they put out uh, Volcano in 2017, and then just last month at the end of September, they put out Hot Motion. Do you have you seen the temple temples? I have not. They they played uh, trees in uh, Deep Ellum not too long ago, and I think one of our um, one of our patrons went. I can't remember if it was Lana or Melissa, mm-hmm. but they're they're like big fans of Temples and posted a pic with the singer and stuff. Well, they seem cool. Yeah, and uh, so the new record, um, which I mentioned, uh, Hot Motion, is um, it still has kind of the the psychedelic overtones, but it's maybe um, a little more accessible a little bit more pop concise songs right sure and um i don't know what else to say other than this is my favorite song and this is my favorite record that uh, i've heard in the last few months and so i definitely wanted to kick off the show with it so this is temples and uh, this song is called context on ht wow (laughs) 
like how they just cut it <laughs> they shut it down it does have a tame impala a little bit but not you know it's a it's a little bit more of that um i don't know why it reminds me of this kind of early set or uh, why does it remind me of like sigmund and the sea monster you know like it, it would have been a band around whatever <laughs> right t- w- when was that that was probably been like 74 or something i don't know yeah. when that was. yeah but you know that look uh-huh like they seem like they're the some band from California around that time. Right. Cause that was like, kind of like the, uh, the tripping Daisy kind of, uh, graphic design that they were going for. Yeah. Like HR puff and stuff. Yeah. HR puff. And like they would have been, they would have guest starred on HR puff and stuff and they should like wear those outfits, you know, where they look like they're, uh, right. Like, uh, like vertical striped uh, pants. Yeah. Like they're the captain of a, like they're acid pirates. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, but that's what they seem like. Uh, I like that though. It's um, it's cool. It's we- definitely weird. Yeah, uh, the the entire record is really quite good. I'm I'm uh, very high on it. I'll play another tune on the After Dark, and if there's time, I might play their uh, their first hit. So that their first record, Sun Structures, went to number seven mm-hmm. in the UK. And the big song off that one, do you remember Shelter Song? Uh, I don't remember the names, but I do remember when they first came out. So uh, Shelter Song, they actually performed that on on Fallon and on The Ellen Show. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) Have you ever been on Ellen? No, I have. uh, Ellen was not around. Darren R. Hate. We're more uh, Regis and Kathy Lee kind of a a thing. You know the stories about that. Mm Mm-hmm. That we did with um, uh, whoever was Superman at the time on the TV show. Oh, uh, um, Dane uh, Drip. Uh, what is his name? I don't know. He seemed super stiff and super nervous. He was a nice guy. But the main thing was uh, Richard... Um, Simmons? <laughs> he was on the show with you? Yeah. I've told you this, right? Have I ever told you the Richard Simmons, Regis, and Kathy Lee story? Dean Kane. Yeah, Dean Kane. So Dean Kane was a guest. Yeah, he's in the dressing and so the, room. With and us. so this was still Regis before Regis retired. But with Kathy, still not Kelly yet. Kathy oh, was okay. there. Okay, so this is way back. This was right at the uh, probably the end of the Kathy. Like they had that set, and there were stairs that went down behind them. Uh huh. And uh, we had to fly from a halftime thing or a. A pre-Super Bowl thing that we did with No Doubt or something. And then flew... What year is this? This has got to be 95. Okay, so this is at the peak of Tiffany's. Deep Blue Something is... Well, it's a... Is top of of the charts. Yeah, things are going well. Everybody wants a piece of you guys. We're doing all the TV shows at this point. All of them. And the Super Bowl was the one that was in Phoenix. Okay. Is that 95? Yeah. Super Bowl 30? Uh, Yeah. It's, the uh, when when Dion played both ways and then Neil O'Donnell threw the pick six to Larry Brown to seal it. How do you Cowboys, remember Steelers. that? I don't know how you remember that. Anyway, so we fly from there over, you know, and we're so you have to be at Regis at like five four thirty five in the morning, right? Yes. So we get no sleep, cruise in there. Uh, Dean Kane is our that's the Superman guy. Yes. So he's in there, but we're kind of you know we're band dudes we don't know anything so we're kind of like well there's some good looking dude over there in the corner who seems a bit nervous and then 
Richard Simmons keeps running down the hall into our dressing room and he'll look at us and he'll say something crazy and then take his pants down. Right? So he has his own separate dressing room? Yeah, well, I think most people usually do on the thing. For some reason, I think we were only in that room the Dean came for just a second. It was like a giant one. So that's, that was like the green room. Yeah, there was okay. like green rooms down the hall. And Richard Simmons needed his own because obviously he's out of control. <laughs> and so he keeps he comes in there, drops his pants, but he wants all of our attention first before he does it. But he has another pair of shorts. You know, his outfit. Uh-huh. It's the same one, the stripy shorts. Yeah, the American flag shorts. No, they look kind of like peppermint stripes. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. 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 And then his shirt, right? Uh Uh-huh. But he'll drop them, but he has the same pair of shorts under them. That's his gag. That was his thing. And then his handler would come get him and just be like, Richard, leave them alone. And he'd be like, but we're laughing our ass off. And then he'd be gone for a second and then come back and do it again. (laughs) We were like, what's he doing? Like, he's crazy. And then, so we go out for our sound check thing. And uh, we kind of played through the song, and Regis is out there, and he's, you know, he's funny. He's exactly how you think he would be. And then they all leave, and there's a piano sitting over in the corner, and Todd just kind of starts playing on it. This is before guests, you know, or before the crowd comes in and all that stuff. And he's playing on it, and Todd looks up, and on the stairway, Richard Simmons is just doing, like, these pirouette, like, ballet moves all the way down the stairs to everything Todd's doing on the piano, and he's just staring at him going, oh, my God, Richard Simmons is out of his mind, and his handler comes and gets him and drags him off, and he's like, this is crazy. But um, we find out the reason why he keeps doing this with the shorts is he he did this on the show to, uh, remember, because they had a thing, him and Regis. Yeah. Remember, they they, were... they, uh, They would be at odds but yeah. it was funny they would kind of yell at each other and he would try to control him and so in part of the thing he just would pull his pants down real quick to freak him out but he had on his so he was just so trying was just, it out on he us. was just yeah he was just rehearsing to make sure he could yeah. do it <laughs> to see or to see if people would laugh at him, which we did but yeah is it was he on like diet pills or something just was he totally hopped up dude he was lit from the second we were in there till we left i sat next to him on a plane one time and he was like, I love Richard Simmons. Is he still alive? He's alive. Yeah, he's alive, right? Because there was a, like, he was supposedly being held hostage by his, uh, his personal assistant. Oh or my something. God, maybe that's who kept coming to get him. <laughs> or maybe that's what he tells people because the guy won't let him do anything. Yeah, he's, uh, he's still alive. Okay, 71. Good. Good. 71 years old. Wow. Now he's as old as the people that used to do his workout videos. Yeah, so uh, in March 2017, LAPD conducted a welfare check, um, and then he was hospitalized in April of 2017 for severe indigestion. Hmm. Whatever that means. You can be. And then, okay. and then he sued the National Enquirer and uh, a couple other outlets for libel and false claims that he was undergoing gender reassignment. <laughs> and he lost that lawsuit. And then uh, in June 2018, he sued a private investigator in LA, claiming that the PI had placed a tracking device on uh, Simmons' vehicle. He sounds paranoid. Yeah. But I don't see the thing about the... Uh, okay. Um, it says, Simmons has not made any major public appearances since 2014. Um, 
and in March 2016, speculation began that he was being held hostage by his housekeeper. <laughs> so great. Uh, I mean, it's not funny. It's totally serious. Well, I hope he is. I hope he's doing great. I do too. I mean, he was man. He was really famous, wasn't he? Yes. I mean, he would be on David Letterman and Johnny Car like all the time. He was just so yeah, famous. Yeah, as, as as good as Richard Simmons and uh, Regis were, Richard Simmons and Dave Letterman were even better. Yeah, they kind of. He had this thing that he would let kind of because he would kind of flirt with Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'd like touch his hand and stuff, and he would just. It was awesome. He had such a good bit. Such a good bit. I mean, he turned. He turned sweating to the oldies into a forty-year showbiz career. <laughs> and then, and was he ever in really good shape? No. I guess he sort of was. Well, he just he he was kind of like the he, well, this is probably a bad comparison, but he was like the the Jared from Subway before the Jared from Subway. <laughs> oh yeah, because he was really fat at one time. Yeah, he he? Was, he was really fat, and then he just got kind of skinny, <laughs> like still kind of puffy. But not as fat as he used to be. Man, I'm glad the Richard Simmons story made it. But all of the, like, sweating to the oldies, all of those videos, you know, it's, it's not like he had, like, buff people in his, uh, his class on no, the video. No, he'd, he'd have, was, like, one or two super in shape, but mostly they were yeah, old people. It was, yeah, it was yeah. mostly older people or out-of-shape people, so he was very inclusive. He knew what he was doing. That's why he was... He, he, mean, he made people feel okay about... You know, whatever they are, and as long as you're making an effort, that's great. Yeah, which is a fantastic message. He was loaded. Those were around the Jane Fonda time and all that. Right. Stuff. Yeah. VHS, bro. Yeah, dude. So good. All right. Now we need to get to uh, Toby's first jam, and we need to unveil this month's book report. Okay. Well, I like you know, in the last couple of times I've I've done this, I've I have to say I don't really. It's not really going to be a book report. I just like these songs, and I know a bit about the band, but I don't know a ton about them. My theme is about Suede. What, yes. do, what do you think about Suede? When did Suede enter your life, Dave? Um, I mean, they were, you know, they were among kind of the the second tier Britpop bands in the mid '90s. So I was aware well, of them. Most people consider them Blur. Uh, Oasis and maybe Pulp as the they were ahead, like they started. I think they were yeah. one of the first bands to be called Britpop, but they um, hated the term. Right. I mean, they they're more glam. They're they're they don't fit mm -hmm. you know the laddish uh, kind of persona that it, it, particularly Oasis and to mm -hmm. a lesser extent Blur did. Supposedly they're on some um, melody maker or enemy or some cover of the magazine that everyone considers is the start of Britpop. Right, that that issue. That issue had them on it. the cover and then their little ones of probably Blur and Yeah. I consider Pulp um maybe a little bit higher tier than Suede, but that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah, because they were uh I think um album sale wise and all like they were way bigger they i think this uh the first song i'm gonna play is off of their the self-titled their first record which was the biggest debut initial record since frankie goes to hollywood at that time because they'd already put out three singles that they were the darlings of you know they're winning the mercury prize and all yeah, this like uh, yeah 
they're and, on the cover of everything. And so it that, helps that they're super good. Lo- I mean, he looks like he's the prettiest girl in the world. Right. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Brett Anderson is the singer and he's beautiful. And yes, uh, 93 is when their self-titled debut came out and it went to number one. And as you said, it was the fastest selling debut in, in 10 years and then won the Mercury Prize. Mm-hmm. And yes, was kind of a touchstone in Brit, right. Brit pop. So when they start out around 92 or 91 or I don't know when it was. maybe in 92. It was, okay. they. Uh, well, I guess was, they started in 89, but 92 is when they were dubbed the, the best new band in Britain. Right. So when they first start off, it's him and his girlfriend at the time was that singer from Elastica. Do you remember Justine? Uh, you remember Elastica? Yeah, and she ended up being uh, Damon Albarn's girlfriend, right? That's why she eventually was out of suede because she would show up to practices late, saying that she, you know, she they were a couple. Damon. Her and Brett were together. Then they broke up. Now she's going out with a singer from Blur, late to practice because she was at a Blur video or like something. Yeah, and they and he was like, "Well, I'm done with this. I kicked her out." Because at first it was just him and her, because they met at some, you know, you always meet at some college, right? Right. And his buddy, his childhood, the other main guy that's been in it the whole time, uh, Matt Osman. Yes. Uh, they start the thing with pretty much just a drum machine, you know? Uh-huh. Like, like how me and Nolan used to do it, where we just sit up there and with a drum machine. and Right. Because, you know, at first you're just practicing and stuff. You don't want to deal with a drummer. So... Uh, and then they put out an ad, and you got to read this. Or do you have it pulled up? Uh, well, I have their wiki pulled up. Okay, see if you can find on there the ad that they put in. You know, it's the enemy or Melody Maker ad that if you lived in England at the time and you wanted to be in a band, you know how it comes up all the time that <laughs> the biggest band in the world just needs a guitar player, <laughs> and you should right. you should have read this ad. And, okay, and- so it was uh, the uh, October twenty eighth. 1989 issue. Yeah, read what their ad said. It said, Young guitar player needed by London-based band. Smiths, Commotions, Bowie, Pet Shop Boys, no musos. Some things are more important than ability. (laughs) Call Brett. Yeah, like, be cool. Don't be super band. You know, don't be super musician guy, because that sucks. (laughs) But isn't that awesome? Yeah. So Bernard Butler answers the thing. Did, have we played a Bernard Butler thing? No. I feel like I did around I the Long know. Pig si- time or something. No, but yeah, he was 19 at the time. Yeah, and he's amazing. But he's got a full story that comes on later during the middle of this before we get to the later songs I'm going to play. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy that um, they go from... I mean, and I know you'll get to this later, but they go from Bernard Butler to Richard Oakes. Yeah. Like from one Dude, look gu- on their guitar wh- genius to another. When they fi- finally get a drummer, because they their drum machine kept messing up on stage, so they finally get a drummer. They have a guy for a second, and you saw that they are they have the big Smiths influence. Mike Joyce almost joined them, and but he said he'd be too much of a disturbance. Like people would compare them too much to the Smiths, so he didn't do it. And then Ricky Gervais <laughs> introduced him to their drummer. Do you see that on there? No, it might not that- be on there. But that's um, a great that's a great note. Yeah, out of nowhere, the drummer, I think this one that they still have now, th- these two guys, Ricky Gervais and the other dude, worked in like the student union or something and had heard of the band. And Ricky Gervais was like, hey, this band Suede's looking for a drummer and introduced him. And he's been the drummer ever since. Yeah, it says uh, they, they placed another ad for a replacement drummer. 
To the band's surprise, it was answered by the Smiths' former drummer, Mike Joyce. He ultimately turned down the job as he felt Suede had to forge their own identity. Um, and then, yes, uh, Simon Gilbert, their permanent drummer, was introduced to them by Ricky Gervais, who would later become... Yeah, all the stuff. You know, super famous. But at that time, Ricky Gervais was just a, a struggling musician as well. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, out of so nowhere. So, yeah, and... and I don't. I don't know what the uh, the hang up was. Why they had to go by the London suede in the U.S. There was a, um, you know, and I meant to look that up before this, but there was a lounge singer in the U.S. called Suede, and he just had the thing first, I guess, in the seventies, yeah. eighties, uh, or something like that. And uh, Brett Anderson to this day just can't stand it. I know that they're called the London suede. It's stupid. Um, they're suede. They're suede. Everyone calls them suede. Everybody so it calls doesn't matter. Suede. But yes, I would say, of um, in my opinion, again, we're going by my mm-hmm. my worldview mm-hmm. that I I had a less than favorable view of them at the time. Yeah, and did not really listen to them and kind of, like I said, thought of them as second tier. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, I think their body of work holds up as good or better than any of those bands in that scene at that time. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people see them now. I mean, at the time, of course, at the very beginning, they were huge, and then they kind of had a lull, and then they had a few records that I'm going to play some stuff off at the end of the 90s that they had a big resurgence. Like, they became a big deal again. But, um, you know, the singer... Is the prettiest dude in the world, but he's also had a lot of problems. I mean, he's I mean, he's full on admitted, completely addicted to crack for a long time, heroin, you name it. Like he, and he still looks pretty good. I don't know how he does it. And during this next song, I'm going to pull up this uh, uh, YouTube thing, and I just I want you to read the comments in the next bit because there's all these dudes that can't believe how pretty this girl is singing this song, and it's him. <laughs> Um, All right, so you are you starting with the, the debut really record, Swede, Suede? Yeah, and of course, Swede. the um, Swede. Uh, I love the song "The Drowners," which I'll play later, right? But I felt like I should play the third single off the off the first before the album comes off. There is the Drowners and um, Animal Nitrate. Animal Nitrate, I thought was second, but I'm, who knows? Who cares? Um, but. I love the Drowner song and Animal Nitrate too, but this one is so uh, suede. It is awesome. It's like kind of dirty lounge thing like Roxy Music, uh, but you can see the Smiths' influence, especially with the guitar stuff, and Bernard Butler is unbelievable. I mean, of course, at this point, Justine uh, Freshman, Freshman? Uh, Elastica, she's out of the band and has her own thing going on right now, and... Uh, I'm sure the thing with her and Damon didn't last very long either, but um, it it did because she's what made him uh, get all into heroin when uh, they put out Thirteen oh, in cool. the late '90s. So it's her fault that all these yeah, dudes are she's, messed up. she's like the Yoko Ono of Britpop. <laughs> she also, you know, she's the one that kind of curated, uh, you know, that uh, MIA. Uh huh. That was like her roommate. She was the one that developed all of her stuff, I think. 
Um, but let's play the first song, and I'll show you the comments on the... It's the comments on the Drowners video, but um, the reason why this has come up for me a bunch, uh, why I thought to do Suede, was Deep Blue Something's doing a lot of shows, and our intro music... Remember last time, or a couple of shows ago, you thought I didn't know what intro music was? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought you didn't know. <laughs> I know, but I got to yell at you, and that was fun. Uh-huh. Um, but our intro music is from their second record, Dogman Star. Yes. It's called Introducing the Band, and we've been using it since, uh, I don't know, 94? But uh, So I've been hearing Suede again every night, and I forget how much I really I love this band. So do you want to hear Meadow Mickey? I can't wait. Here it is on the HT...
Do you like that jam? <laughs> so good. It's cool, right? I mean, you could see that around that time just being like, what is this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, though. Um, but I think it's just cool. You know, like we always say, England's one of those places that there's a... Uh, Seems like only 10 people live there, where of course you break up with the singer of Suede and you, then you start going out with the singer of Blur because there's only five people. So you can only, right. you know, it's just really funny. But yeah, I used to really, I mean, I still really like Suede. And um, yeah, introducing the band has been our opening song since <laughs> for 30 years. And there's only like three people ever that have come up to us and go, hey, is that a Suede song? Because no one knows it. No. So they just Why think, would they? Yeah. But uh, the producer guy, and this the only reason why I mention it is it'll come up later because of Bernard Butler, but um, our Bernard, uh, his name is Ed Buller, and I think he's come up on the show before because he's done, uh, I think he's done some mixing on Souvlaki, the slow dive stuff, and okay. Lush, and... Um, uh, Boo Radley's and you know he's but his main thing is of course at one point he was the keyboard player for Psychedelic Furs <laughs> of course everyone's been in Psychedelic Furs at some point uh, you know I, I but he's a cool dude I can't remember if I sent this to you or if you saw it but um, going back to our conversation in last month's pod talking about Roxy Music mm -hmm. there was a uh, Ironically, I think it was on Pitchfork. A uh, they like do a Sunday review of like a classic record, and they they did a Sunday review of Avalon. I saw that. I think Jeff K reposted it. Yeah, and yeah. so it was really interesting because uh, you know the the guy who wrote it was uh, you know very detailed and kind of tracing everything back and talked about how because you had mentioned. Uh, leading into Suede about the whole art school thing. Yeah. And just, you know, all of these creative types, uh, you know, meeting in art school and forming bands and, you know, just that that was what kicked off the, the glam movement in the 70s and then the punk movement in the yeah. late 70s, early 80s, and then... Britpop. Britpop. And so it was. I mean, if you want to, the worst thing to do if you're a musician is drop out of school. Right. You keep going, go as far as you can because eventually you're going to meet someone in college and then you can drop out. So, uh, well, it wasn't even college. Art school was high school. Oh, yeah, because they're that, like after 16, then they cruise to art school or they're doing that like at 14. Yeah, I can't remember, but in this article in uh, Pitchfork talking about Roxy Music and the, the formation of the band. They kind of go all the way back that post World War II, mm -hmm. so many, uh, so many schools had been, uh, especially in the London area, had been bombed out, uh -huh. and and so they did like a whole uh, survey of the English education system, and they saw like especially out in the sticks, you know, and like right. in like the the tiny towns that they still had like one room schoolhouses with like outdoor plumbing. <laughs> You know, or no indoor plumbing, like an outhouse in the back or whatever. They're just eating beans for lunch. Right. And so they, that's when the concept, oh, and, and like most kids at that time stopped going to school at like 13, 14. Mm -hmm. And then they would go to work in the factory or the mine. And smoke with cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. And so 
that's when the concept of art school came about that they uh, you could apply for scholarships and the government would pay for you to go to a private art school yeah and so if you were you know on the fringe if you didn't fit in at regular school, if you were going to drop out anyway, mm-hmm. then you would just go to art school so you could still get a degree. And then that's when you met all the people that were just like you. Yeah. And then you form a band and the rest is history. English hippies. Oh, they all end up like with Nell and I and they just live in really crappy apartments. And- right. <laughs> but it's just interesting how it was all, uh, you know, it was all state mandated to try and uh, you know kind of like Robin Hood the uh, the English education system and it it worked out for everyone because uh, we ended up with some great tunes. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we just ended up with tons of bands. <laughs> you know, it's like a it's like North Texas. Yeah, everyone went there for music school to do it properly, and then it got too hard, so, so they all quit and started bands. So you uh, you handed me your laptop because you wanted me to scroll through some comments <laughs> yeah. on the suede video yeah because there is a reason why uh suede's on the cover of every mag like they're trying they're selling magazines and they know and i think one of his uh most famous quotes in a uh in probably the enemy or something was i'm a bi <laughs> i'm a bisexual man that's never had a homosexual experience <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that all of us? Yeah, <laughs> or all of us that aren't gay? Yeah, and you're like, cool. That's a that's a really good. So that way he can sing about, you know, he sings about kissing dude. I think on the cover of the first of the suede record, it you can't tell if it's two girls kissing, yeah, two if, dudes if it's, kissing. Yeah, if it's two girls or, with short haircuts, or one dude and one girl, or, or whatever, two yeah. dudes, or a lot of people are pretty sure it's just two young dudes. It's a very Morrissey concept, what they because you know they worship the Smiths, so, right? Uh, but that was his deal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you want me to hit some of these? Yeah, read some of the comments gonna, after you watch after you watch a suede video. These are just a bunch of dudes that uh, <laughs> the comments. And when I read them this morning, <laughs> it made me laugh. So uh, there's one. Who's this gorgeous young lady? <laughs> <laughs> There is, um, let's see, I'd sit on his face for like 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> if the Smiths had worn makeup and left their bedrooms for a bit. <laughs> There's one, uh, what is it? This song is making me gay. <laughs> yeah, this song is turning me gay. And uh, yes, I thought I was uh, a heterosexual male until I discovered suede. Will somebody tell Brett Anderson to stop being so sexy, please? <laughs> It's really bothersome to only have wet dreams about one person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But he knew how to do his thing. I guess he was a straight dude, but he knew how to, you know, come on. If you're a pretty guy, like, go for it, right? But then he, um, you know, what I'll get to next is, uh, you know, what I was talking about before. He gets on a lot of drugs. He seems uh-huh. to have handled it pretty well, but he completely admits... There's a full-on interviews of why he loved crack so much and all kinds of things like that. It's like, I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Um, so, before I get to my next tune, and I, I don't want to necessarily get into like a a huge, um, you know, in-depth conversation, but I just wanted to kind of take your temperature on this because I've had the opportunity 
in the last uh, couple months to see Deep Blue something like three or four times, different uh, random shows that you've had since the the reactivation. Because mm-hmm, we like to all hang. Yeah. We so like yeah. So when it when it's uh, you know within driving distance, and if I have uh, the time. I totally like to go support my buddy <laughs> and like to hang out uh, pre and post. And, and, and in, sometimes there's a bus. And sometimes there's a bus to hang on. But this pastime at the uh, the Lava Cantina, which was promoted on the Dunham & Miller show, which was fantastic. Golly. I saw you guys tweeted the uh, the link to the audio. Yeah, today. And, you know, and I always forget how much Gordon is such a gearhead. Yeah. Like he, the second he walked in, knew everything about everyone's guitar, but saw Todd's GNL bass and went, that's one of the 80s ones. It's got uh, the headstock. And Todd was like, yeah. Yeah, this is the first bass I ever bought. And he was like, you're kidding me. Is this, is, this was like an 82 then. And he knew it instantly, you know, because he bought like the John Taylor bass yeah. stuff and all that. But man, he is so into it; it's awesome. But they're all North Texas guys, you know. Everyone, yeah. we've all we've known each other for years. Yeah, so it's it's great that they support you guys even still, and it's awesome every time you guys are able to go up there. Hopefully, they'll do another studio audience thing. Yeah, and you can guys, you guys can be the house band again. It's always super comfy. You have to come with us, Dave. You're the. They would love that. They would hate it. Nope, they'd love it. Um. But I got to thinking at, at the Lava Cantina show, uh-huh. um, in between wondering what was up with uh, the 60-year-old guy in the wig and his escort who looked like Beyonce. I didn't see this. You didn't see this? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, I thought you did. <laughs> I pointed at them. I pointed at them. Oh, is that them. what you, you were pointing yeah. at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the woman. I, thought, I didn't see the dude. Okay, yeah. She okay. like straightened his wig at some point. <laughs> they were both wearing wigs. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. Um, but as I was watching you guys, and I, uh, I got to thinking about your guitar style. Uh huh. Because we haven't really ever talked about this. Okay. And it's very, it's extremely unique. Like for the most part, you know, you you guys have a lot of uh, atmospherics, and you know, there's a lot of uh, you know chimey kind of guitar parts. It's a lot of shoegazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, not not everything sounds like Breakfast at Tiffany's. If you've never seen DBS live, that's you know, that's like their Friday I'm in love. Yeah, it that one sounds the most different of all the other songs. Yeah. So much. you know. Uh, but there are plenty of uh, lifers, you know, that were there. Oh yeah, that knew every word to every song. Yeah, and that's fun. It's always awesome. Um, but a- as I was listening, I was trying to pick out the references, and and certainly, having listened to Metal Mickey, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of Bernard Butler in your playing. Yeah, I wish I could. Yeah. Um, but the other, the like the main things that that I hear when I hear you play, and not that you are mimicking but like it's the distillation of your influences yeah it all what what you listen to is what you play so i I, it to me it's it's a it's a hybrid between uh robert smith and robin guthrie exactly a ton of cocktail twin stuff and robert smith stuff it would be more johnny marr stuff but i'm not as good and uh and there's a ton of daniel ash stuff 
Okay. That I wanted. Yeah, because I want. I wanted to. I, I just wanted to kind of get inside your head for a minute, as someone who can't play an instrument, mm-hmm. talking to someone who plays an instrument at a high level, maybe not as high as you wish you did. <laughs> no, but, but still good enough where we can do stuff, and that's right. fun. That people that will pay us to play a freaking right. show. It's fun. But you how know? you know, I, as a as a neophyte talking to a rock star, <laughs> what? How does that come about when you are listening to stuff in the 80s as you're learning how to play guitar? Is it just you're you're playing cover songs and you're learning songs and then that that influences well, what you compose when you write your own songs? No, I I am the worst. I can play covers, but it takes me a long time. I'm not the dude that can sit around like Kirk in the band can play every cover. Can just you know, hear it he can and hear then figure it, it out. And Clay is really good at that, too. I can't do that. I just I learned how to play guitar by just having one sitting around and figured it out. So I never have had a lesson or anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, And also, when you kind of grow up in the late 70s, early 80s, you want to give up a ton because you see Eddie Van Halen, you're like, I can never yeah, do that. I can never do that, and I kind of don't want to do. You're like, I liked Van Halen, but I don't want to be that dude. And then synthesizer music came out, and so I started on guitar and decided I don't want to do that. I want to be synthesizer guy. And then synthesizers in the '80s were really hard to set up and get everything connected. There were cables running everywhere, so it sucked. So it was easier to play keyboard parts on the guitar and just plug into an amp. So that's what I started doing, but I mainly copied it from New Order and Robert Smith and people like that because they they weren't doing shredding solos, they were just playing melody bits Right. Which I could I can play stuff like that, but I'm not going to do a tapping like a right. Floyd Rose, like, you know, all this kind of billy billy. And I didn't want to anyway. And then the cool, because I was straight, I had no interest in guitar until I started listening to that music again and the Smiths. Um, I'm glad I didn't try to start learning a bunch of Smith songs right away because I would have never been able to figure that out. But learning Bauhaus songs and uh, couple of cure numbers and new order stuff i could do that and so that's what i that's when i started playing guitar again but i still didn't know what any of the chords were till probably my first year at college (laughs) i just was playing stuff that sounded right sure when todd uh you know because todd uh he was in jazz band and all that kind of stuff so he would teach me he taught me like the six or seven basic chords and besides that you're kind of like i got it right yeah because if there's if there's one badass musician in the band it's todd well yeah he knows all the stuff but i mean kirk Kirk is great Uh, everybody you know they're actually probably even better musicians kirk and clay can play anything todd was never the guy that could sit down if you say hey play boom play this it's gonna take him like we we gotta sit down with this for a second you gotta figure it out but those other two like kirk can sit down and uh if you say play this i don't know rush song he can do it on guitar and piano like right away he's just one of those dudes yeah um but i think some people are like that but you also don't end up writing a lot of songs when you know a ton of songs because you 
it every song you start writing reminds you of, like oh that I'm ripping that off. Yeah, so. I can't do this change to this other chord because I'll be ripping this off, and I don't I have no idea, so I, I don't I just don't know a ton of covers. So I can write a song in a couple of seconds because I don't have any uh, roadblocks. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I, I wish I could do all that. That'd be awesome to know how to just sit down and play everything. Yeah. But well, I just I, I that's cool. I just wanted to kind of uh, see if I was on the right track. No, that's dead on. It's all I, a, I, w- I wouldn't have picked out Daniel Ash, but now it makes total sense. Yeah, um, I we were because he does play those kind of simple melodic lines, and they'll be uh, out of nowhere, really distorted flanger things that yeah. I was like, I love that. And the first time we recorded with uh, Joe Ciccarelli, who's recorded everyone from Elton John to Journey to you name it, uh, he was he was trying to get my guitar sound right, and I was like, well, you know, it's like a Cure New Order thing, and I went, but it's also like Daniel, it's like a Bauhaus thing, and he goes, that's what it is, you're doing a Bauhaus deal, and I was like, yes, and he goes, got it, and left the room and got the sound instantly, because he was he was like, I wasn't picking up on the Bauhaus thing, but a lot of people don't know we're kind of gothy. Like yeah. the post today. Uh, right? Is that funny from Todd? <laughs> yes. All right, cool. Um, let's move on now to my second jam. Second jam! We have loads more to talk about, but I don't want to get bogged down. I want to keep our momentum moving forward on this very special Stephanie birthday episode yes. of HT Wow. Happy birthday. Man, the 20s are great. She's, she's, <laughs> she's like 27? Yeah. Her, her daughter's 18 and she's 27. Wow. I mean, it's rough in the early years, but now they're friends. They yeah. They can like party now, together. Yeah, now, they, now they can go to the club together. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to play, you know, I, I told you before we started that um, I was on the fence. I had a tune by a band called Elbow mm-hmm. that I was maybe going to play. They just put out a new record. I remember the Elbow. They are uh, latter day Brit pop. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, you know, it was kind of, there were a couple tunes that I liked off the record, but it was kind of, uh, the, the one that I was probably going to play was a little proggy and long and a little dad rocky. <laughs> and so I thought, I could see them kind of move into that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, cause Guy Garvey is, is he's getting up there Yeah, and he doesn't, he doesn't look like a rock star anymore. <laughs> Well, they can, did they ever really? No, they never yeah, really did. But uh, they did. Have, man, they have, people love them. Yeah, they, they are they are good. Uh, and I encourage you to go back and listen to some Elbow. Maybe I'll play some on the After Dark. But I decided since this is Stephanie's birthday episode, yes. that maybe it should be a little bit more of a party. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there should be a little bit more girl power. I already love where you're going with this, and I don't even know where you're going. So, uh, this next song that I'm going to play is off of the debut record from a young lady named Caroline Palachik. Okay. Do you know that name? No. Uh, wh- where is she from? Well, I guess uh, she's out of New York City, but before she went solo, she was in a band called Chairlift. Do you remember Chairlift? Yeah, I do remember the name. So, um, she originally formed Chairlift back in 2005 when she was living in Boulder, Colorado. Hmm. And then uh, she moved to Brooklyn in 2007. And in 2008, Chairlift released their debut record. 
So they put out three records as a uh, chairlift. The one that I know is uh, the one from 2012 called Something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, re- I remember really liking that record at the time. And then uh, she and the other dude from Chairlift decided that uh, they were going to uh, kind of dissolve the band and go their separate ways amicably. Okay. Um, oh, she's not still with him. No, okay. no. She is totally doing her own thing. And so the other dude in Chairlift was uh, Patrick Wimberly. Mm-hmm. And um, he has worked with uh, Beyonce and Solange, and he produced uh, MGMT's record Little Dark Age. Remember we played that? Uh-huh. Is he from uh, is he from Houston? I don't know. I mean, he's well, he's born in Nashville, but now he lives in Brooklyn. huh. But I guess he uh, you know, is well regarded enough. That uh, he ended up working on some Beyonce stuff. And her sister. Yeah. Um, Well, and the Beyonce connection continues because uh, Caroline Palachik, uh, she wrote and produced the Beyonce song, No Angel. I don't know that song, but... Whatever it is, that's why she can afford to live in Brooklyn now. Right? Yeah, so she's getting some Beyonce uh, mailbox money. That's awesome. But she just put out her first solo record under her own name. She's put out some other stuff under, like, Nom de Plumes. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, but this is her uh, first solo record. And <laughs> if you look at the uh, the album cover, it's kind of like she's kind of an alt Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Or like she at one point she used to sing for Berlin. Right. Yeah. She's like climbing a rope ladder and she's wearing God, that looks so eighties. A weird superhero outfit. Yeah. It's It's bizarre. Uh, she's very weird. Uh, you know, she's she's kind of awkwardly pretty and she's a dancer and so she's always wearing leotards and and uh, doing crazy modern interpretive dance in like her videos and stuff. Cool. She's very, very weird, but she decided, you know, after uh, leaving um, Chairlift, which was kind of uh, indie, you know, electro, it was pop, but she has gone full pop. Like, she is trying to, like, there, there are a couple songs that I was listening to on this record that I was like, this could be on Kids Bop. Okay, like this, she's gone Katy Perry on this thing. Um, not quite. It's weirder than that. Uh huh. But she is is kind of uh, trying to straddle the fence and dip her toe into a little bit more straight on pop. And so, <laughs> I um, there are several songs that I like, um, but I decided that I'm going to play the title track. So the title track is called Pang. Pang. P-A-N-G. Like, kind of like a hunger pang, you know? I know, but man, I really, I kind of wish she just called herself Pang. That's a great band name, isn't it? Pang? Yeah, but she wants people to know her by her name. I know, but why? I mean, but that could be like her Moby thing. Like, she is Pang. <laughs> maybe. If uh, she's maybe, listening, maybe, she probably Maybe she is. will listen to this, and she will be like, you know what? I made a huge mistake. I am Pang. L- Let's uh, recall all the albums. 
Well, those all can be CDs. out, and then everything from here on out that she is pang does pang. Does pang. All right, so here is Pang from the album Pang Pang. with the song Pang Pang. on HDWOW Pang. Pang it. really good you know these days that would have uh normally that's supposed to end with a laugh 
You know how like it has a girl's laugh uh-huh. at the end, like, but I'm glad she didn't do that. No, she's not that silly. Yeah, she seems cool. Um, yeah, she's like, uh, you know, she likes to belt it out like Beyonce or Christina or uh, Mariah. Well, to me, it seemed more but, like it but would she's be. she's weird. It would be more of a really great opening act for the, and I know we mentioned her a lot, but the Dua Lipa. Uh-huh. Like, doesn't that seem like yeah. something that would for sure, uh, or like she, like if there was some festival where there was Jane, uh, you know, Pang, yeah, and uh, Dua Lipa headlining in front of five million people or whatever she does now. Um, well, remember, it seems more like that, like a more uh, European. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, remember when we were talking about uh, was it the Grammys? Where Dua Lipa and St. Vincent had yeah. a duet and they looked like lesbians from the future. Yeah. That would rule the world. Right. Yeah. That um, when I was listening to this on the way down here, there were there were times where I was like, yeah, this is, this is what we wish St. Vincent would do next. Yeah, she needs to do this record. Yeah. Like even, you know, just piss everybody off and not play guitar at all. Mm-hmm. You know, write everything on guitar like Martin Gore does. You know, sure. like it's all guitar. That's why I think people love Depeche Mode songs so much. They are guitar jams, but he just, now he plays it too much. But still, before it was, you know, he would transfer everything to keyboards and it was awesome. That's what she needs to do next. You need to tell her. Okay. I will DM St. Vincent. St. Vincent and uh, Caroline. Is it Palachek or Polachek? Palachek, probably. I don't know. I'm glad she's rolling with that, though. That's a... But yeah, we will get them together. A.K.A. Pine. Dua Lipa and St. Vincent and Caroline Polachek. Mm-hmm. And they can just be a brunette cream dream for all of us. (laughs) Yeah, they can come down to College Station and stay for the weekend. Uh, We'll make a couple songs. Sure. That'll be fun. Why not? Pace would love that. Okay, um... Before we get to the next um, suede jam that you have lined up for us, a mm-hmm. uh, couple things we need to take care of. You're going to do some business? I'm going to do a little bit of business. First off, so we we split another clown shoes, so we need to finish this off as I'm talking about this next thing. Yeah, I would I would definitely say a split was the... Man, it's strong. Mm-hmm. This is what she drinks? This is what Stephanie likes. This is Stephanie's favorite brew. Yes. So she's just sitting around just... Stephanie and Rick like to get tanked. Well, I know that her... uh, I know that... And then embarrass Hannah. I know. I know Hannah picked uh, the Smiths, which I do have to say, I know you're getting into some stuff, but I think it's really cool that uh, an 18-year-old college kid picked the Smiths. Yes. That's really cool. But... um. I kind of do want to. Did, did he ever mention what she likes to listen to? What Stephanie likes to listen to? I know what she hates. He did mention because yeah, she's he, from he, Florida. She hates like Leonard Skinner and stuff, right? Yeah, I can tell you. Yeah, I, I, can know, t- I can tell you what she likes, and maybe we can play one of these on the After Dark. We what. should definitely do what something she likes. She can't give it all to the kiddo, right? Okay, so uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket, all I want. Perfect. Um, Nicest dudes ever. Uh, Incubus Drive. I don't know any Incubus. I'm not interested in playing that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I do know that song, though. That was a big song. uh, The English Beat, Save It For Later. Oh, man, that's great. That's a good one, right? Yeah, we'll definitely play that. Uh, She also mentioned, or or Rick on Stephanie's behalf mentioned, Talking Heads, This Must Be The Place. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess she's a big David Byrne fan because she also mentioned... Uh, Thievery Corporation, The Heart's a Lonely Hunter, which features a David Byrne vocal. Oh, okay. You know, I, thie- I don't Thievery know Corporation, they're kind of like the like the dub. Uh, no, no, you know. I know that band. I know the band. I don't know this. Uh, I don't know what she what that tune is. And uh, Tragically Hip, The Darkest One. Ooh. They're Canadian, aren't they? Yeah, we could do that. I'm not, I, I don't know them. I don't know anything about the Tragically Hip. So you have uh, many things to uh, mull over. Well, we're definitely the doing the one. The save it for the, later. The save is it great. for later. Yeah. I mean that is a yeah. jam of all jams, and we can always play a Talking Heads thing. Sure. All right. So um, before we get to Stephanie's next beer, and then Toby's next tune, I wanted to uh, thank all of the uh, HTWOW listeners who answered the call. And posted reviews on iTunes. We had a uh, a contest um, between the August and September pod, and we had a few people do it then, and a couple people reached out to me and proved their identity, and I sent them HTWOW shirts. That was nice. Uh, and then, um, you know, I've been investigating. You know, how can HTWOW climb in the rankings? How can we be more popular on iTunes. Well, in our category, what are we, like 39? Uh, we are now 40. That's H- not bad. HTWOW is uh, on the music commentary chart. We're top 40. On iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, we are number 40. Right, Casey Kasem would have to mention us. Right, we would be the last thing and he would probably... Oh, no, we'd just... be the first thing. Right, but he would play just like a clip. He wouldn't play our whole song. Or, yeah. Or maybe just mention us and not play anything. Mention it to so-and-so who's, you know how he does. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I... Do you want to hear my Casey Kasem story at some point? Maybe later. Not now, but man, he's, he, he's felt like Mr. Burns. (laughs) We had to take a picture and I had to hold his back and I thought, man, he's going to crumble in my hands right here. He's very similar to Richard Simmons in that his family did they kidnap him? Kidnap him? Jesus, what's going on? (laughs) Why aren't people? And what do they get out of that? Money. Oh, you kidnap him for the dough. Well, you just you you when they're old and feeble, you just control them, and then you control their their accounts. God, don't kidnap me, bro. Are you gonna kidnap me? No, Pace is going to. Yeah, she'll kidnap me. I don't care, though. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right, so um, anyway, I, I started doing a little bit of research, <laughs> and I discovered that the, the, the best way uh-huh. the best way to climb the rankings on uh, Apple Podcasts, and there is a human element involved in Apple Podcasts in that they, they have actual humans that work there, that kind of uh, curate like the new and noteworthy and you know they they do like the the front pages of different categories yeah they see what's like, on fire they they cherry pick sure. right and so if, i wonder how much they get paid on the i side. don't know but the way to get 
their attention and to get the attention of uh, of Apple is to have new reviews and have new subscribers. So the more reviews you get, especially in a short amount of time, and the more uh, new subscribers you get, especially in a short amount of time, the more you're going to shoot up the rankings. So okay. this is where you, the listener, comes in. Get all your friends to subscribe. They don't even have to listen to it. Just subscribe. Yeah. Just so it automatically gets pushed to them, and then they can say, no, I don't want to listen yeah, to that sign crap. in under your kid's name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Open a bunch of burner accounts <laughs> and subscribe uh, to HTWOW. And then if you haven't already, or if you have other burner accounts that you can use, please go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. But don't just leave a five-star review. Write words, because the words are what matters. Words, what that's what matters. I mean, you can just punch a five-star review and hit send. People don't care. I mean, it I mean, matters. Care, it course. matters, but it matters more if you take the time to write sure. things about us. And so I wanted to uh, recognize... Uh, those friends who have written about us in the last uh, month or so. Recognize. And uh, maybe give some inspiration to the rest of you who are slacking and are not uh, taking this seriously. Yeah, show us. I how, mean, tell us how it's done. So, Big Man Restless writes. Hang with friends, five stars. If you miss hanging in the den, listening to music, and getting a little buzz with friends, these are your new friends. See? That's nice. Uh, Andrew writes, for mowing or burning, five stars. This is the best podcast in the world for wasting time on 30 years of music. Great flow between the conversation and tunes. You'll hardly remember where three hours of your life went, plus French falafel reviews. That was good, Dave. Yes. Uh, Matma writes, so much fun, five stars. Great tunes, great buds, just a pleasure to listen to. And the After Dark is amazing as well, so look into that. Yeah, look into that. Look into it. If you think we're dumb now... <laughs> oh, should we do a little... Do you want to do a tease of the After Dark now since you said it? Yeah. Okay, so here is what... If you were going to look into it... Just look at... This just, is a sneak just, peek. Just, just, this is you looking into it. <laughs> On the front, you have uh, the girl that... There's the model. The girl that Brian Ferry... The model that Brian Ferry was banging at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the back, you have Brian Ferry, the limo driver. He's the chauffeur. Yep. And then you open it up, and it's uh, the full lineup of the band, and they're all playing guitars. Yeah. And Brian Eno is the one on the left... And he has the the most amazing, like he's prancing, he's prancing yeah. towards you. He's like and a he's, thoroughbred, and he's got like, but he's got feathers, so it's almost <laughs> like he's he's like a charging ostrich. Charging ostrich. It's amazing. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to subscribe, I don't know what will. I don't. What are you doing? Why are you not on Patreon.com giving us your money right now? I mean, now? listen to that right after this. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Beck Trot writes, excellent. <laughs> Five stars. If you enjoy music, wasting time, and drinking, or hanging with friends and talking shit, this excellent podcast will change your life. <laughs> did, they, did they really put that? Yes. Talking shit? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, BRM Bug writes, future award-winning background noise. It took me a little while to get around to it, but I'm so glad I finally started listening. I've discovered some real musical gems through Dave and Toby. I love hearing the histories, backstories, and connections amongst different artists, albums, and songs the boys bring to the table. That is one good thing to mention. There's no... Uh you don't have to start at the beginning. No, you can it's, uh, You can do it in any order you want. You can listen to the new ones, go back to old... There's no uh, story. Well, here, th- that leads us directly into this next oh, one. See what I did? I'm so profesh. Joel in Frisco writes, Walking the dog has ne- never been this much fun. <laughs> I've been an HTWOW subscriber patron for a while now, and my, my life is mostly separated by either A, enjoying the current podcast, regular and after dark episodes and bite-sized snippets to make it last while mostly while walking the dog, or B, anxiously awaiting for the next one to drop. Nice. Dave and Toby have great banter that often makes me laugh and sometimes momentarily forget about obligations with work, bills, kids, and the general drudgery that comes with being a middle-aged working stiff in suburbia. Yeah. Pop in the AirPods, hit the street, and I'm transformed into a younger, somewhat hipper version of myself in my mind while living vicariously through the song swap, beer swap format of the podcast. Dave is my music leader and always comes up with good new at least to me tracks and acts to look into hello drab majesty yeah <laughs> and toby is the yin to his yang throwing it back to the 80s centric oldies but goodies often following a central theme for each episode for a few hours of easy stream of consciousness banter while spinning great tunes and chugging various high bv high abv beers it's always a good time man that might need to be our uh you need to save that one that's I know. like our bio right Right? I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That is actually it. All right, two more really quick. Okay. Uh, Andrea Thompson writes, Great podcast with awesome music and alcohols. Five stars. Dave and Toby are really funny. They talk about music and drink beers. It's always a good time. Keep up the good work, guys. I love you. And I believe this is from uh, Taylor Tatch because his... Uh, his username is Jet Shadow. Okay, that makes sense. Because he's from Shadows of yeah, Jets. Yes, it says Bold Wavers, five stars. If you like listening to funny people drink, telling stories about farting on high-speed trains, and forgetting which day they bought tickets to a show, this is for you. Craig was the best guest so far, but Taylor's episode might have been better had they had the decency to let him pick a tune or two. <laughs> Anywho, that's definitely for me. Yes, if yeah. Toby doesn't book report Alan Mulder soon, I'll just die. I Congrats know. on the wedding, Dave, and I'm sure you will have a blast crop dusting some public transport or lazy river grotto on your honeymoon. Man, that's a great one too. Good job, Tat. Is it just me, or does anyone else get hungry for fried shrimp listening to Davy's voice? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. I don't know. I don't, but it's great. So thank you, Tatch, and thank you all. Uh, H2Wow listeners for uh, taking the moment that it took to uh, give us a five-star review on uh, the Apple Podcasts, the iTunes. <laughs> it makes a difference. It really does. It does. And uh, maybe when we talk to you in November, maybe we'll be top 20. You think so? I don't know. I don't know. Oh my God. If we go top 20, what are we going to do? Um... Go out on top. Let's just retire. Just stop. We're gonna, we're gonna either quit from disinterest or go out on top, one or the other. All right. So um, before we get to your next tune, let's switch to Stephanie's second 
choice for beer. Good. Explain that while I'm trying to look for... I forgot which record this next song came off of, so okay. get that beer. So she wanted to do um, a Dogfish Head special brew mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Higher Math. And so Matt Tobin of Good Friend Package, thank you, Matt, uh, he did his best to try and find it and could not because it was out of season. And it's also one of those, it's not, it doesn't come in like a six pack or a four pack. Mm-hmm. It's one of those Magnum bottles. Oh, dang. And it is like a, it's, it's like a strong ale that is like 17% or something insane. Has she not been listening? Yeah. So like we, we can't do we, the we second d- one. We, yeah. It. The second one can't be stronger than the first one. So we already did the 9% clown shoes. So we, we kept it in the family. We're still doing dogfish head, but we are doing, can I say something about dogfish head? Are you playing there? Did you know I was going to say that? I think, I, I think, think we uh, talked about, I think this. Dale told me about this. We're playing there on November. <laughs> Sometimes um, it'll be awesome. We're playing there on November eighth. Dogfish Head is in Delaware, right? Yeah, the actual brewery in Rehoboth. So Deep Blue will be at Dogfish or Head. Did you say Rehoboth? I have no idea. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? You need to take some videos and send them to Stephanie. God, I will. So we uh, for our second brew, we are going with Dogfish Head. Flesh and Blood yeah. IPA. Yes, yeah, so really it cool. says a well-hopped IPA brewed with orange peel, lemon flesh, and blood orange juice. Okay, so this isn't exactly the one. She picked uh, which one again? She picked Higher Math, which, it, like I said, is like 17 ABV. I think this is like five or six. So this is uh, this is going to be a little easier drinking for us, but I'm excited. Cheers, Stephanie. Did they have this at the Good Friend? Yeah, this this was from okay, that Good Friend was, Package. Okay, so they, they can get this one, but the other one's a yeah. thing. The other one is, it's a limited release and it's out of season. Well, how does freaking, how does Stephanie get it? Well, I mean, I don't know. Jeez. Maybe they're in the Beer of the Month Club or something. No, I know why she did it. It was like 17 or whatever. Right, she, she's trying she to wanted kill us, us to get... Alcohol poisoning. Look, we're gonna be dumb anyway. Just so have to yeah, be this that is dumb. uh this is good. I like it better. You know, there's the the revolver blood and honey. That's like blood orange and honey. Obviously, you, you like that better. I than like this better. Oh, than you that. like this better. You yeah. like the dogfish. Better I like than the dogfish flesh Let me and see. blood. I poured this terribly, so. Uh... Well, let me just drink it out of the can because yeah. this is taking far too long. Hold on. No, it's really good. Oh yeah, that's much better. This is um, I'm I glad lo- I'm glad you brought that because when I get there, this is this is one of the ones I'm gonna drink. Yeah, this is. You know is, how uh, like when you get to a brewery, sometimes you know how it is. They overdo get, yeah, everything. Yeah, they they have like their their staples, and then they have their like seasonal handles, and then they have right. like special brewmaster crazy things and they'll have like 30 taps on a wall right and hoses going everywhere and you're like i don't you just need know, a go-to chief yeah and go, so go this, to the flesh and blood this might be my go-to yeah this is really quite nice i mean S- stephanie try this if you haven't tried it. yeah i think uh it, it is a good consolation prize for your birthday also for her birthday 
Maybe they should buy her a plane ticket. Maybe they should come up there. On November 8th. Yeah, because her, her actual birthday is November 17th. <sighs> I think we have a plan. If they um, let me know they're coming. Actually, I don't know. It might be free. If it's free, they're definitely on the guest list. Uh, but let me know if you're coming. Uh, I think it's some like a festival-y thing. Sure. Um, it was explained to me like three or four different times. But Is it boat to boat? Be cool if it was boat to boat. Or is November too cold in Delaware? I don't know. But Rick, I bet it's in But Rick and Stephanie and Hannah need to just road trip it. Maybe bump you a ticket too. Sure. And we all just show up in Rehoboof. <laughs> Rehoboof, Re- Delaware. Rehoboof. All right, did you find out what album first this is state, from? First state, by the way, Dave. I don't know if you know that. Delaware is the first state in the union. Do you not know that? No. Oh, my God. Well, I mean. Socialist. Got to be known for something, I guess. It's real tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can I play another song by this band? Is that cool? Yeah, we're uh, we're on to more suede. Okay, so the second record, let's just let's Dog, just Dogman Star. Dogman Star happens. Um, and so kn- Bernard Butler was only on that first record. Is that right? Well, he was on half of this record, and that's what I'm getting at. Okay. So Bernard Butler ends up he you know when people are super good at what they do, <laughs> he's like genius. Uh, good Lord, do I know? Yeah. <laughs> He's like super awesome guitar player guy, and um, him and Brett Anderson start to, it gets to a point, this is only, they, sometimes it's not that great to it's be. It's like Ozzy and Randy Rhodes. There can only be one. <laughs> Ozzy and Randy Rhodes loved each other. He just died in a oh. helicopter accident because he was buzzing buses at Roy Thomas Baker's house. <laughs> Or maybe it wasn't a helicopter. I think it was a little Spitfire. Anyway, doesn't matter, Dave. Sorry. Why do you always bring metal back into my things? <laughs> but there, there can only be one alpha in a band. Well, I don't even know if Brett Anderson wanted to be the alpha. This is the deal. Bernard Butler started taking over the recordings and fighting with Ed Buller all the time. Ed Buller? Ed Buller. Buller, Bueller. I want to say that they would say Buller. Ed Buller. It's spelled it's spelled Bueller. Is it Bueller with an E? Well, it's, uh, no, it's B U L L E R. All right, so I'm gonna Buller. go Buller. Ed Buller. 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 Right. Ed Buller. So he's having a thing in the studio, and him and Brett Anderson aren't getting along enough to where he starts recording the guitar parts during the day, and then Brett Anderson's coming in at night. That's a very Mar Morrissey kind of arrangement. Exactly. He does. Those two have written all the songs still for Dogman Star. Um, it becomes one of those records, you know, when you have the big flash record at the beginnings where you are so critically acclaimed, everyone loves you to death, there's no way they're going to love that second record. Sophomore like slump. Well, it's not even a slump thing. It's like, it's not like they uh, just burned out or anything like that. There's also this tension that you can feel on the record. Um, but I'm not playing any songs off of that record. Because it does have a twinge on it. You're not playing anything off Dogman Star. Nothing's happened off okay. Dog. I think that uh, the Rolling Stone, uh, in some uh, review about it, said it was the most pretentious record that they've ever reviewed in their life. 
Okay. <laughs> Which made me like it even more. You know what I mean? Like, of course it is. But it's also one of those records people come back to now and think it might be one of the best ones they ever made. You know what I mean? And it also has another androgynous person on the cover. Always. Laying nude in a bed. On a bed with no sheets yeah. on it. So um, that's the one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, at one point during the recording... Um, Bernard Butler says to Brett Anderson, well, it's either because he wants to take over the production of the record. Uh, it's either him or me. And he called his bluff on that and said, uh, well, then it's you. So Bernard Butler went and got married. And when he came back to the studio, all of his stuff was in the street and he was out of the band. So they finished Dogman Star. So the next record called Coming Up, which Ed Buller did again, and this might be his this might be his last record he did with them, uh, was awesome. Coming Up it might be one of the best suede records there is. Yeah, so now we're at 96. Yeah, and they got a they get a new guitar player who is like 17 or something like this super young guy. Uh, I think this is right. Is this the Richard Oaks guy? Yeah. Uh, he's coming in, but I think during most of this record, I think Brett Anderson locks himself in his apartment, probably on drugs the whole time, and writes most of all of this record. It says that, uh, so Richard Oakes was 17, I think you mentioned that. Uh, he beat out 500 other applicants for the gig. <laughs> Yeah, didn't he just send in like a Well, it video? says it in, instead of applying for the job like everyone else... Uh, he sent uh, an impromptu demo tape to the Suede fan club and got the fan club to, mm -hmm. to reach out to Suede and say, what about this guy? Well, also at the end of the day, when you look at him in the videos and stuff, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Obviously, Brett Anderson really wants the look to be the thing, and he's a great guitar player. So... Good guitar player is awesome, but good-looking guitar player is... 17-year-old good-looking guitar player is top-notch. Yes, So now, now he's in the band, and now uh, Ed Buller doesn't have to deal with Bernard Butler anymore. So, coming up uh, is the record that they... Um, have you ever heard of The Beautiful One? Yes. You know, I, I put this... So... Uh, Taylor Tatch in his review mentioned that I'm about to get married and uh, so part of the preparations for the wedding is uh, working on like playlists and stuff you put this on a playlist so I I, uh, I had to you know we have like a playlist that that plays like while everyone is showing up and getting sure. seated yeah yeah and then there's like the, you know the the processional and then the recessional and then there's like uh, music when the mm -hmm. bridal party or, or when the wedding party comes back to the reception. And then there is a, a, a playlist for when we're eating dinner and then in between sets of the band. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm rolling through it to try and make sure that I get approval on everything from Marissa, making sure that there's nothing on there that she hates. Right. You know, and I struck plenty of things that, you know, 
were more my taste than hers. And it makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. You, yeah, you we, don't want to alienate everybody. Yeah, we, it needs to be. It needs yeah. to be. Uh, you know, mainstream friendly enough that people aren't like, "What is this garbage?" Totally. Uh, and so I got to at, at some point, like halfway through the playlist, I got to this song, and she was like, "I don't know who this is, but I like it." So, so is this gonna play like at your? Yeah, this will be played at some point during my reception. And that's really cool. You're going to have a weird suede. <laughs> I'm going to have a weird suede jam in my reception. Yeah, and it's super cool. It's a great tune. Yeah, I'm it's so a great glad you're tune. playing it. All right, let's play it. It goes like this on this program.
That just makes you want to do crack. <laughs> I know, right? Oh man. Uh so God, good. Such a good song. So good. Um I'm not playing anything. I'm gonna play one more after the record after this called Head Music, and then uh uh you know, then they kind of stopped in 2003. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute about the breakup of that because it's pretty funny. But uh, then they stopped for like seven years. And then, uh, but the the one after that was called like New Morning. Like he, I think he kind of cleaned his sober up. sober record? Yeah, well, it wasn't even sober. He just said, well, we weren't on drugs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, he was like, you know. Uh, but I'm sure... There's no way he could be on crack and heroin all the time. You know what? I think they all kind of did that. Just like uh, Damon Auburn, he's obviously not on heroin all the time now. Surely, right? Like, you can't keep that going. No. Uh, so I think that at the end of the 90s, they all kind of worked it out a little. It, it was not in fashion anymore. Right. But you think about that kind of... Uh that foursome of suede dogman star coming up and head music massive i mean that's a that's a body of work right there they are totally underappreciated and i'm so glad that you're doing this are you doing uh she's in fashion later no oh, damn. you'll hear it okay all right i almost did that one do you want me to do that one i can't no no do what you want to do okay I mean, because it's good. Man, it's season fashion's good. We'll play it later. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to it all. Um, before we get to my next tune, which uh, will continue the girl power uh, birthday party vibes for Stephanie. Man, I am all into all... Uh, I love the girl music. Yeah, so I'll play that for you here in just a skosh, but... Um, we have a couple other things that I wanted to get to, uh -huh. um, between the two of us, uh, we have stories of a couple of North Texas institutions. I want to just spend a few minutes here before my next tune to talk about you experiencing the state fair for the first time Sure, and me experiencing Cattle Baron's Ball for the first time in a long time. I completely forgot. Man, I have questions. Do you want to talk about State Fair first? Here's my, you want to hear my review on Yes, I want to hear State your, uh, as a, uh, a, I can't believe that you have never been to a State Fair of Texas. All right, for one thing, this is what I found out. I asked, uh, I asked my folks about it the last time I was home. Um, which was only a couple of weeks ago. And she said, of course you've been to the state fair. And I was like, what? And she was like, well, you're, you were like three. You wouldn't have remembered Okay. It. And I was like, all right, well, that doesn't count. No. If you don't remember, it doesn't count. Yeah. It's not like you just blacked out. No. It's before it, you have memories at all. Yeah. and But it did make me feel like, all right, so I was still a Texan growing up. You know, I did yeah. go to the state fair. I just don't remember it. So I'm playing a show with Taylor Young on the Chevy stage. Yeah, on the main the main thing. Yeah, the Taylor Young band on the Chevy stage. I mean, opening it was up for uh, Bob Schneider. Bob Schneider. 
of course the stage production all the people working at the thing it was so awesome and if you're going to go to anything for the first time be the band on the stage that's what i always say right uh but so we get to walk around for a second but we don't have a lot of time and this was the problem is that i only got a blip second of the you know that main thoroughfare that like the main walkway between the chevy stage and big techs yeah and then you take a left and go into where all the food is in that inside thing yeah what's that called that's the food court the (laughs) the inside food court probably should have figured that out on my own and then we walked through there because we got beers and we got some food and uh someone brought us corn dogs and we did the whole thing i got the whole experience but only a blip right right but uh, the weather was fantastic. If I was it there was the day, day before, uh, it would have been terrible. And that's what everyone kept telling me is like, State Fair is not made for you. There's too many people. It's too sticky. And you can't, like, it's not for you. But for me that day, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, the weather's great. I got a quick run through. It's like we sound checked. By the time we finished, I made a good check of most of it, came back around, we got a few more drinks, went up there, played, got too cold, we took off. You know what I mean? It was awesome. Uh, And we're right by the Cotton Bowl, and I love that whole area anyway. uh, But I didn't really get to... uh, I did it, but I didn't do it. You know know, what I mean? but, But hearing the way that you did it, it is the most toby way that you could have done it <laughs> and you don't need to ever do it again i don't think that i will no because because whoever told you it's not for you uh-huh. is absolutely right because it's too much people uh-huh and it's Sticky. Too, it's too hard to get things it's expensive it's expensive and you have to do the the ticket or the cash to ticket i hate conversion. Ticket anything yeah it's just it's sticky it's uh I hate that you have to pay money to a different stand to get the tickets to go to the other stand. Is there tipping at those things? Like no, I don't know. No, Is there's you, no tipping. It's just ticket. It's just well, I mean, I guess some places uh, like if they serve beer, they have a tip jar if you want to put cash. You don't put tickets in there, but you can put yeah, cash. Yeah, but in that's there. what I mean. See, but that makes it weird. But already. then there's a whole other system on the Midway. If if you want to play Midway right, games. see, I never saw the whole um like there's a trolley thing. Like yeah, a, you didn't get around on the backside yeah. of, of the cotton bowl. See, so I did it, but I didn't really yeah. do it. But no, I saw like a what? What would you say? A fourth of it? Maybe an eighth of it? Uh, a fourth would be, yeah, generous. Okay. But yes, probably. But if you want to do midway games, if you want to do rides, rides are tickets. So you know that I don't want to do. I know. I'm just saying that if you have kids, you know, if you're mm-hmm. taking pace. And you want to do rides that food and rides operate on the ticket system. Okay. But the Midway games operate on a, a card. So you need a whole other thing. Like that festival you went to. Yes. You need a whole other thing to play Midway games, which are the biggest ripoff in the world. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a kid, especially a kid who's obsessed with stuffed animals, you have to. You did the state fair the way that you should have done and you should you should retire now just call it a day yes, that, I, f- that, I feel good about it yeah that's all you need to ever yeah. do and i enjoyed it yes. a lot i love the state fair but i don't mind 
uh, crowds or spending exorbitant amounts of money. Yeah, you're really good at that. The whole uh, festival scene yeah. where it, it makes me I, my I, head cave Yeah, in. I, can, I can operate around other humans, whereas you cannot. Boy, you can. I don't know how you do I it. I don't know how I do it either, because I, am, I have uh, the worst social anxiety. But somehow I'm able to power through in Man, those situations. You are a professional when it comes to that stuff. It's amazing. Man, I love it. But whereas the the State Fair is not your jam, Cattle Barons is totally your jam. Okay, so do you want to play another song? Because I have maybe too many questions. Yeah, so, to... so let's tease that forward. Let's, uh, let's play my next jam, mm-hmm. and then we can get into uh, Cattle Baron stuff. Because you were invited. Unfortunately, you had band commitments that uh, made your ticket fall to Craig. If you've listened to... F. Craig. If you've listened to the HTWOW September episode, you know Craig. But yes, we'll talk about Cattle Barons in a minute. But right now, we need to play my other... Let's play a jam. uh, Stephanie Birthday Girl Power Band. Uh, This is a band called Chromatics. Have you heard of Chromatics? I have heard of Chromatics. Okay, so Chromatics are from Portland. And they've been around for forever. 2001 and so the main people in this band are the singer who is a super hot chick her name is ruth radlett and the kind of is ruth kind of a great name ruth is a great name i know what it's also like an old lady name but it's also kind of a new yeah ruth is coming back and uh, the producer and uh, kind of the brains behind the operation is a guy named Johnny Jewel. <laughs> I'm sure that's not his given name. How is he spelled, Jewel? Uh, I'm J- sure there's U's in no, it. No, it's not J-U-U-L. <laughs> no, it's J-E-W-E-L. Oh, it's, oh well, then yeah. that might be. That yeah. Might be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but so they've been around since 2001. I became aware of them in 2012 when they put out their fourth record called Kill for Love. And that was a really good record. I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, I, I might play something off of that on the After Dark. But um, Our After Dark is already stacked. It's so stacked. Thank um, God, because I barely can usually But they of- also do a lot of, um, or at least Johnny Jewel does, a lot of... Uh, soundtrack work mm-hmm. and so um, they did the um, the soundtrack or they they did a, several songs on the speed the movie drive oh drive that was close wasn't that with uh, the hot dude um, Ryan Gosling yeah sure yeah so Ryan Gosling drive where he's like a driver for things I don't know. Man, that was a great review for yeah. that movie. Uh, but they've, you know, they've had songs on Mr. Robot. That actually is a good show. On Thirteen Reasons Why. Do you watch Mr. Robot? I've watched some of it. I need, I need to, I need to do it. I, I uh, watched the first two seasons and it got so complicated. I had to quit. But now I think I'm good. Now I think I can go back. Um. So, they have been uh, Chromatics have been teasing. A, uh, uh, their fifth studio album, which was supposed to be Dear Tommy, 
and there's been it's it's kind of like um, become like uh, lore within fans of the band, like that 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 Dear Tommy was finished, and then uh, they lost the master tapes, or Johnny Jewel. Uh, decided that he hated it and erased it all. You oh, know, sure. yeah, it's just yeah. one of those things like, when are they going to release it? When are they going to release it? They threw the drive into the river. <laughs> right. The studio burned down and lost the master tapes. Whatever. So um, then turns out that uh, Dear Tommy has not come out, but they uh, released another album called Closer to Gray. And so Closer to Gray came out uh, on October 2nd. Okay. That's this month. And uh, it doesn't contain anything that was rumored to be on Dear Tommy, so uh, it's just kind of a one-off that they kind of threw this curveball at their fans. You know, Johnny Jewel is is known as like kind of one of those like uh, studio rat kind of dudes that is a perfectionist and is always... Uh, tweaking and redoing stuff and is never happy with stuff kind of like kind of like Kanye sure. or or kind of like uh the LCD sound system guy mm-hmm. you know they just uh, they're they're too creative for their own good and they can't <laughs> leave well enough alone uh but this, they don't have dead people don't have deadlines now Dave right yeah, when and you, that's what happens when you don't have a record label saying no it's going out on this date whether you're finished or not, this is happening. Yeah. No, they they he's in total control and uh, this record is interesting. There's uh, I don't know. There's moments of genius. There's also moments where you kind of roll your eyes and you're like Is this the new most pretentious record ever made? No, I wouldn't say it's pretentious. I would just say it's, you know, it kind of reminds me in a way of New Order in that the the lyrics are so bad sometimes. Hey, it's okay. Sometimes that's good, right? You like Duran Duran. Yeah. I mean, not not everyone is Morrissey. Not everyone can uh, be the bard of their generation. But uh, let's listen to the jam that uh, I enjoyed the most. And I would say this is a guilty pleasure since this, this is my guilty pleasure slot. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, a song entitled Twist the Knife off of the brand new Chromatics record. And I hope you enjoy it on HTL. Disappear, disappear Into gray, run away, run away You can 
How'd you like that guilty pleasure? Man, that is a great jam. Um, There's another song on this record that is a a super slow jam mm -hmm. that I want to play on the After Dark. It's perfect for the After Dark. And then maybe I'll play something off of Kill for Love. I don't know. Man, I like that. That is... uh, What what label? What what is that on? They are uh, on a label... Uh, it's called Italians Do It Better. That's the name of the label? Yeah, that's the name of the label. All right, I'm looking up right now the because um, I think that we've changed producers on our new Suede record. And you'll really love this new producer, Dave. I have head music pulled up here. Oh, what do you got St- there? Steve Osborne. Look on Steve Osborne. Super Steve Osborne. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, I mean, I hate to jump right next to, to the next jam after your uh, hot jam that you just played, but I love that you're playing chick jams, mm-hmm. and it's all super dancey, but in a I mean, subtle he... way. It's dancey, but in a super subtle, once again, like you're in a, a really expensive clothing store. Right. Well, Steve Osborne has worked with Paul Oakenfold, and he's worked with uh, Moby. Is the Happy Mondays in there? And the Happy Mondays. Did you ever uh, own head music? Um, not in the day, but I do have it on my iTunes from, you know, 
not recent history. Like, you know, like 20 years ago, I got it God. at some point. This is also, they have uh, dropped the one keyboard player because he had uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. <laughs> I have that. Don't, <laughs> when I read that earlier, I was like, doesn't everyone have chronic? <laughs> when you hit 40, don't, don't you just get that? <laughs> But that's such a suede thing to have. Uh-huh. Like, it's basically saying, well, why did you quit the band? I was tired. That's, that right. is what he's saying. But, so at this time, and, and so we said this is 98, correct? Yeah, so he's still on full-on drugs. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that, so think about the, the music climate at this time. Oh, I just, I, I just got me a brand new flesh and blood. Do you want one? Why don't you let me have beers? You can have What are those over there? Those are ciders for the after dark. Okay. Um, but you think about, at that time, <laughs> you know, Prodigy had just hit. What time is this? Are you talking about around head music? Yeah, around 98. Okay. So, like, Prodigy was 97, 98. The Fat of the Land. And, uh, like, Charlatans did their kind of electronic-tinged record, Wonderland. Yeah, for some U reason... U2 did their pop record, like, kind of their electronic-tinged record. Yeah, did it feel like around this time, like, a giant, massive um, plane just dropped a ass ton of cocaine all over your, the UK. Yeah. Like, everything got so bright. Like, the sounding of the record, everything was just so trebly, and, like, you were just like, God. Like, I didn't like head music at first. I was like, man, this is, you know. But it was, everybody was, at this point, fully embracing electronic music mm -hmm. and saying, how can we as this band who's been established for six years, eight years, ten years, twenty years. Yeah, and how, they've just done that record before. Right. And how, that was pretty good. How can we incorporate Compete. our yeah. sound into this new sound that everyone loves yeah. and make kind of this rock electronica hybrid but they that, also that go back fly to, off the shelves? And you know, I've noticed along the way while we're doing this, we're playing these, every single song is so short into the have you noticed that every song is so it's barely three minutes right we're talking way too long but the songs are to the point and they they, <laughs> they get there we take a lesson from the song yeah um but have you ever heard the can't get enough from this from this record no but i think you'll like this okay and it also goes with the music you've been playing so do you just want to hear it we'll talk about it after yeah and we'll talk about cattle barons Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah! I have so many questions. All right, it goes just like this on the H2 Wowzers.
<laughs> yeah. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> Short and sweet and just... God, there was so much cocaine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're just... Well, you know, it was before... Uh... Before 9-11, before the tech bubble burst, yeah. everyone was just partying, money they was just, flowing, just cocaine was everywhere. Absolute lit. I can't remember, it probably wasn't this record, but one of the records, uh, at some point, they'd spent so much money. <laughs> it was way over a million pounds, like, to... Uh, Be Here Now? Are you thinking of the no, Oasis record? No, I think, no, one of the Suede records, oh. I think it might have been Dogman Star, one of them during the breakup and... All the stuff it like cost them so much money, but they just didn't care because they were. That was back. Nineties was the last time where rock stars could be rock stars because people still bought records. You know right. what I mean? Be- because and, you had labels that would bankroll you. They labels had money, yes, so they got to pay money, you money, and they would throw money at you, and they would pay also studios. Months and months out of it at a time for you to just go and and this wasn't even Rolling Stones time where they could go to like the south of France for like six months. This is just swayed for like three months in some London studio. You know what I mean? Like they can, you know, those days are gone. But yeah. that's okay. Things are different, uh, weirder in a different way now. You don't get the weirdness of excess though. Yeah, anymore. because also you. All of your money doesn't go to a... Most of it doesn't go to a record company either. You know what I mean? So it does... Right. There's no overhead uh, to support. Yeah. So you're recording... People are recording things in their houses now. So it's like uh, you also don't spend, uh, a, you know, a million pounds like trying to make a record now. Like, could you imagine? Like, there's no way you could do that now. That would be impossible. People can't do that anymore. Like, So it's almost like the record industry is like 20 years ahead of the rest of the world. Be- be- because at this point, the rest of the world that CEOs and like corporate America is so bloated and everyone is just shitting money and salaries are so outrageous. Uh-huh. And eventually it will catch up. It'll catch up to them too, right? But be, I guess because of because music is so easily shareable and readily accessible, that it was the first thing to be undermined by the digital age. Because it's only three minutes long, right? Whereas and, like and a movie is, it's too long to download, right? I mean, it, in 1990, David Geffen was making. 50 million dollars a year just way more or than way that. more yeah, but you yeah. know what i'm saying he was he was like the he was like the uh you know the dell dude yeah yeah right they, they, at that time they felt they were invincible and <laughs> and now no one cares no one cares but that was that was the first industry to be torpedoed by because the, it was the, digital the easiest movement. thing to steal yes. because it would only take so many minutes to download. And it back then, it used to take an hour to download a right. song. But still, you could do an hour. 
Yes. You just download it and take off for a second, make something to eat, and come back, and your thing was done. You know what I mean? But I'm saying at some point that the same thing that happened to the record industry will happen to every other industry. Everything. It's going to happen to everything. And then robots will kill us all. And it'll be fine. Dude, I'll fight a robot, bro. There'll be there'll be a robot deep blue cover band. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome if they could just do it. Just play the song over uh, and over and all over. All right, before before we uh, kick it down with uh, the final, uh, we got to the end. We did get to the end. We we're gonna kick it down. God, with, we've been uh, talking for so long. With a little bit more. Uh, this charming man, as selected by Stephanie, birthday girl, Hannah, daughter Hannah, uh, but we need to talk about cattle barons because, as much of a, a an institution in North Texas, the state fair is cattle barons. They just had the forty fifth cattle barons ball. Yeah. So how are you? Uh, how do you get to do this? So my fiance, her previous agency does like the branding and stuff. So she's been there before. She, uh, I don't know. I don't think, no, I don't think she had been. I went uh, maybe like 15 years ago at like my first ad agency job. Because one of our accounts was Galleria Dallas, like the mall. So you went to a Kettle Barons. I went to a Kettle Barons. I was a, a you know a guest of our client. Yes, and so they have. A, where was this this time? This was at Gillies, South Side on Lamar. They've moved this to Gillies now. Yes. <laughs> man, I can't remember where it was the last time I went. It was somewhere up north. Um, but man, how cool is that that you got to go? Yeah, so we who were played. So, so we were middle VIP. We weren't we weren't GA and we weren't VVIP. We were just VIP. What does VV mean? Very, very important person. So that means an extra million yeah. or trail yeah, on top of Yeah, I don't of know. It? That just means that you have a special area where no one can look at you or touch you. Yeah, extra V means, yeah. Yeah. So um, early on, they ended up putting a huge tent and a huge stage outside in the parking lot. So, you know, at, at Gilly. So they didn't play on the stage at Gilly? So you you and I have been to a million uh, a million shows at Southside on Lamar. Well, we know it as a different name. Right. But has Palladium. Gilly, but has Gilly's taken Palladium over and now it is just Gilly's? It, I mean, it, I don't know. But if I they guess. do like a big party yeah, there, if, they if just they call do, it Gilly's. Yeah, they just call it Gilly's. Yeah. So the main room where we've seen a million shows. Sure. So the pre-party was Travis Tritt on that stage. Okay. No one cared. No one was even paying attention. That's hilarious. Because he's like, a, I guarantee you, he, he got, got paid he, 100 He got 100 grand. grand, yes. I guarantee he got 100 grand. But no one cared because everyone was getting their food and getting their drinks. Because he's coming, in he? And then outside... Here he is. Keith Urban. Damn right he is. And... Guarantee he got paid two hundred grand. They built this entire. Bro, that they is built the this lowest in, he got. They paid. built this entire huge tent and this a massive stage with full light show. I just guarantee for him. you, that entire PAN stage was his. 
I have no idea. But uh, he played for about 90 minutes and... Uh, 30 minutes was solo? <laughs> yeah. Everybody was eating it up. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not like a... I'm not a country music guy. He's good though. Right? But I can I can admit <laughs> that Keith Urban is hot as hell. Yeah. And is really good at guitar, but it's to the point where it's like, okay, we get it. You're super hot and your pecs are busting out of your V-neck and every every song has a, you know, 15 bar solo and you're shredding we don't need all of this. Like, just dial it back just a little bit. But did the people up front? They oh, were, they loved it. They were freaking loved out. it. Hell yeah, they did. He yeah. knows what he's doing, man. He's he, he was the CMA Entertainer of the Year like what four times? Yeah, he was he was great. Uh, you know, I mean, I liked it as much as I could have liked it. And for, you for, should have absolutely hated it the whole time. And the fact that you even could stand it meant it was okay. Right. Yes. The, I'm, I mean, I did not give a shit about Travis Tritt. All of that was just doo-doo being thrown in my ears. All right. Which one is the Travis Tritt guy? Is he the one that wears his hat real low? Like no. Tra- of- Travis Tritt has like the, the mullet, the dark mullet and the beard. Oh, is he an older guy? Yeah, he's an older guy. Okay. I don't think I'm... I mean, I know the name... I don't think I know who that but, is. But the whole time watching Keith Urban, it just it made you want to dance. It made, yeah, you, want, it it made you want to hoe down. Because he's got a Saturday night song that's yeah, kind of mine. Yeah. He, Did you dance to the Saturday night? I have no idea. I was really, really drunk. Because the thing <laughs> the thing about Cattle, Cattle Baron's Ball is if you can get in the door, it's, it's free food and free booze all night. All, the only thing about Cattle Baron's Ball... It's just like being in Jerry Jones' box at the Cowboys game. Yes, on a larger scale. On a larger scale. Yeah, and uh, and uh, your replacement, Craig, and I, uh-huh. we found the uh, the casino, you know, the upstairs bar, uh, you know, the loft. Have Wait, you ever seen a? Sh- have you ever seen a show at the Loft? I've it's outside? played the Loft, okay. and it's really nice. The sound is amazing. Yeah. There was no band up there, though. It was casino night. What and is that? Is it legal? Is it for charity? Well, <laughs> it it turns out, so in your like bag that you get with your ticket and everything, you get a voucher for $100 worth of chips. <laughs> okay. So you get... And so, so Craig and I sit down at the blackjack table, cash in our... Are hundred dollars a piece? How long did you go? And we ended up staying there the whole time. <laughs> we we took turns going to the bathroom and going to the bar and playing each other's hands. And but we stayed at this one table. L- like you're using house money. Well, we at at different points, one of us would be out of money and. The other would be bankrolling the other person to stay in the game. So y'all went to an ACM. Y'all kept cash. No, in. no, we never did. You know, you could buy chips for charity. Sure. So uh, we didn't buy extra chips. At some point, uh, this super high roller cowboy dude next to us that loves you guys. Yeah, he's like, I want these guys to stay right here because they're doing everything I say. Yeah. And so, uh, and then at some point, um, 
uh, one of the girls that used to work with my fiance, they they won a bunch of chips on roulette, and then they were done, and so she was like, "Do you want these?" And so then we had fat stacks. Oh, oh, see, so were the dudes. And then yeah, and then so we let it roll all the way up until the last hand. Was this last night? Um, Saturday night. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so we let it roll up into the last hand, and then the last hand, Craig was gone, and so I, I took both our stacks, went all in, and uh, busted on his, but hit blackjack on mine. So ended up, you know, who knows how much? It was like thirty thousand dollars worth of chips. And then after after he was like, okay, that's it, and as the dealer, I was like, okay, so what do we do with these? And he was like. Oh, nothing. And he just took them back. <laughs> so it wasn't like I would I could cash them in at like a silent auction or it was just... That was just for fun? It was just for fun. But the whole time you're playing, you think at some no, point... No, we, we, we thought we were pretty sure that it was just for fun and we were just playing for fun. But just the, <laughs> the realization at the end that this last 90 minutes of my life was absolutely for nothing and here's this giant stack of chips you can have all of these back it was kind of a defeat but that's what you missed you would have thought that that would all go to at least shares in a oil mineral (laughs) like you would have got shares in like (laughs) I don't know it was just for fun you're just you're buying chips to support charity and then you're gambling those chips and then you're buying more chips to support charity and then in the end charity wins and everyone loses god dave that did not turn out the way i thought that it was going to turn out i thought that i know i had you and craig were going to end up with 30 grand 30 grand and but they were just going to give you barrels of oil and then y'all were just going to go to a rave and pour it all over the each other. We should have at least gotten lifetime invites to Cattle Barons for at least for our thirty grand of fake chips. Man, at least tump the table over. Did you <laughs> tump it over? We did. We did several times. Tump it. Several times when you know the dealer would pull dealer shenanigans and make everyone lose. Just the threat of the fake. <laughs> the fake tossing yeah. the table. I do that at every table, and now I've realized when I'm not faking it, I can't turn the table over anyway. <laughs> like, I should just really try. All right, so uh, hopefully next year we will get another invite to Cattle Barons, and you need to go. Because, I have to go. Because Did it you is... wear boots? I can't. I don't yes. have boots. I, uh, well, I went, I, they weren't cowboy boots, they were, but they were boots. I went and bought boots. I went and bought a belt buckle. Well, I was wearing I was wearing jeans and a starch shirt and a blazer and a belt buckle and boots. Well, can I just uh, wear like Doc Martin boots? You That'd can, be cool. Yeah, when well, we were talking, we were saying that if you were there, that you would just be in your hoodie and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, like I think that I can get by. You can get by with whatever you want because you're Toby. Yeah, they'll be okay with me. Like They'll be like, look at this little girl. <laughs> All right, so um, yes, Toby is on the list for next year's Cattle Barons. We want to thank again Rick for uh, engaging us and getting us to 
present this very special October HTWOW to his lovely bride, Stephanie. Happy birthday, Stephanie. We know it's early, but the way we work, if we had offered you the November episode, it would be published way past your birthday. So it's better that we're getting this out of the way now. And uh, God bless your daughter, Hannah. Hope you're bringing good grades home from school. I don't know. She will not. Yeah, the first couple semesters are tough. Just give her a break. She picked. Come Trump. on, Rick. She likes the Smiths. Hannah is doing her best. Yeah, she's doing her best. I don't know too many daughters that even like the Smiths at no. this point. So you've you guys already are, you won guys the are battle. doing great. You guys are doing great. Do you want to hear the Smiths while yeah, you're talking? Yeah. Let's dial it back up. Let's play out some tunes and let's remind everyone. Your opportunity is now to subscribe to the After Dark. You've heard all the things that we threatened to talk about and play on the After Dark. And the only way to hear those things is to subscribe. Go to oldwaver.com, click on premium, go on patreon.com, type in HTWOW, or just ask your mom. <laughs> that is a good move. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Stephanie. And God bless all of you for making it all the way to the end. Even if it's taking you 20 dog walks to get here. Thank you for listening to episode 28 of HTL, October 2019. This has been so much fun. This is a good show. It's a good one. Dial up the after dark immediately after this. We're going to be so lit. We're going to play some Elastic. <laughs>